Hello everyone, welcome to the Cyber Weekly. Um, the Cyber Weekly is a podcast which we talk about uh, cyber security and all matters related to cyber with book reviews monthly. I'm glad you made it. This time we are welcoming David. David, how are you doing? I'm well, how are you? Am I on uh, I'm, I'm okay. I'm Great, glad to yes. be here. Thanks for, thanks for the invitation, Dio. Really appreciate it. You're welcome. Uh, so David is working at Natescope and he's going to tell us more about it. But before we cons- uh, continue, uh, Joseph, do you, do you, Joseph, do you have something to say? No, th- uh, thank you, Dale. Just uh, very happy to be to- here to talk to David. He's got an amazing, amazing profile. So very, look, very excited. Okay, I think let's jump into it. Uh, David, tell us more about yourself in the- Ooh, tell us about myself. Yeah. Well, first, let me say this. Um, when, when I do these kinds of interviews, either because uh, you, you've met me through the fact that I do interviews, and um, all the all, most of the times when I spoke, if not all the times when I speak, I speak uh, from the perspective of a user, right? Whether that's a power user or whether that's just a simply a simple user of tools and technology, I speak from the perspective of a user. So that's one uh, perspective that I speak from. The other one is from a person, from the perspective of a person that has fiduciary duty and care, which is like a board member. Excuse me, fiduciary care for the and loyalty to the organizations that I represent. And um, of course, that that duty requires that I spend a good amount of my time discussing how to protect the organizations that I work, that I support, um, how to help help navigate them through some of the waters that they're involved in. And so, um, yeah, that, that is, that is, those are the two perspectives that I speak from. And they're, they're, while they're in two divergent directions, they, for me, really mold and mesh who I am and why I'm even in this industry and why I'm here. Because again, one, I am a user. Simply put, I am a user, and two, I have the responsibility of looking over, uh, looking over, providing oversight uh, for some of the organizations that I that I uh, that I support. And that's the two points of reference for. It. Thank you. Uh, so my, my my involvement with with cybersecurity comes by way of um, uh, acquisition and influence, right? So most folks. Uh, take tests and go to school. I mean, I did that too, but um, for me, uh, brief story. Uh, I was the general manager for a lar- for the largest orchestra products company in the world. And they, um, I managed a regional distribution center that had a, a network of warehouses up and down the East Coast, probably some 12 warehouses, warehouse networks, storing um, orchestra products. I asked this organization after about four years of working for them, can I get into sales? Because the senior vice president asked me to come with him in sales because I, I knew everything about distribution logistics. That's my that's what I went to school for. And they didn't take me. They took somebody else that uh, at that moment I said, it's time to leave because I wanted to be in business development and sales. I went to Xerox. Um, I invested in a, a computer company. Um, one of the uh, founders here from from Cyversity, Eric Pimenter, he and I had a company called Precise Technologies. 
It provided security, it provided uh, IT solutions for small to mid-sized companies. It provided enterprise solutions at scale for small to mid-sized companies. And then we sold that company. I went and started another company that was focused on um, uh, dot orgs, uh, providing them enterprise services at scale. Eric and I got back together and formulated Lynx, which is a DRC company that's still today. And then I ended up starting this other group called uh, Austin Brooklyn Associations because I'm from Brooklyn and now I live in Austin, Texas. Right? And so um, uh, we started that organization and there, therein lies how I uh, got into cybersecurity. We started in um, logistics and distribution at an enterprise level. We focused on mid-sized organizations needing enterprise skills and solutions. We, 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 we sold our company and uh, then now we're here at uh, this juncture, having um, supplied and provided all sorts of services. So I hope that answered your question. Wow, that's a rich history. I am tired. <laughs> uh, yeah, thank you, David, for that. Um, so was did you see yourself uh, get, getting into cybersecurity or was it your intent or do you feel that you kind of drifted into it? Uh, drifted into it. Yeah, um, yeah. And like many folks who are finding their way today into this into this discipline, into this practice, my journey here was 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 was, was somewhat challenging uh, from but it's worked out well. But here from this perspective, right, I came with little expertise in security. Right? I came with not that much expertise in security. Um, additional to that. Um, uh, uh, um, I came with uh, a, a different sort of education, um, transferring my network, which was focused around uh, operations, logistics, and dist distribution, transferring the network of people that I knew to the network of people that were in this industry had its challenges. And in some small sense, you know, not even small sense, in some sense, there was an imposter syndrome. Like, do I belong here? Do I know everything? That, do I know what I'm talking about? And on top of that, there was some colleague repudiation, not a ton of it, but, you know, the ones that, where I was leaving from, where are you going? What is that all about? And then where I'm going, what are you doing here? <laughs> you know, what are you doing here? So those types of things happen not only to me, but to every to, to a lot of people that are coming into this industry. And so um, that's one of the reasons why I spend my time in cybersecurity is working through those challenges with other folks. I My my purpose is to do that. My my my. My reason is to do that. That's my why. Why am I here? It's to help others to get here. It shouldn't, you know, there, there are too many other things, education, um, diversity, uh, yeah, ac 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 academia indifference. There's too many other challenges to have an imposter syndrome challenge as well as the colleague repudiation challenge. It's just, we don't, we don't, we don't have time for that. We just don't have time for that. So, yeah. Okay. So, what's your role at Netscope? Ah, uh, Netscope, yo. <laughs> so, my role at Netscope is a member of the CXO advisory board, and luckily, you expound that, more on the CXO. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Mm -hmm. So, CXO is your your your, um, your customer uh, experience role. It's the role that um, a, a sort of an executive would hold to walk through and to to spend time with uh, 
organizations. Uh, in my particular role is helping to educate, advise, uh, and explain the difference between where they are and where they'd like to be, their particular North Star for an organization. Um, I spend more time educating and advising, convincing rather than selling. It ends up potentially in a sale or even an, uh, an expanded relationship, which is more of what I'm interested in, is creating the relationship between our team of, of, of intellectual uh, geniuses, if you will, and the the customer's team of technology expert uh, officiados, technology practitioners, CISOs, CSOs, uh, uh, CTOs, and the like. We need to bring those two into a room so that they can have a conversation about what business challenges, right? So let's be clear, all of this to me is about the business. Even technology is about business. And Dio, you've probably heard me say me this before. You've probably heard me say this before. In this continuing of biz, people process and technology, I'm focused on people. That's my, that's my core focus. And so bringing people into a space where it's safe and it's positive, and it's um, ripe, ripe with opportunity to talk about what is needed and what can be provided to solve problems is what I do. Um, Netscope is an incredibly astute and transformational security organization, um, a, a cloud organization. For organizations that are trying to find their way in this journey to the cloud, and it is a destination. The digital transformation is a destination. It's a journey, right? But excuse me, it's not a destination. It is a journey. There are so many different ways to get there. If you've got limited and you're not, you don't have a mature environment, there's mechanisms to get maturity uh, with Netscope. If you have a semi, you know, a mature environment, um, Netscope has a, a, a thought process and a concept and a methodology to, to take that mature it, harden it, and move it to the cloud. And what they really do, and, and with organizations that have already in the cloud, but are not realizing the value of being in the cloud, value of that whole conceptual North Star that they, they felt when they decided to get into a, an environment that was uh, rich with resources, and, and they're not experiencing it, Netscope can help that. They are built in the cloud, designed and developed in the cloud, where many organizations have, have started in bare metal and they have these huge data infrastructures and data centers. It's still, it's still physical and uh, it's, not, it's not meeting. And then they're, and then they're working their way to the cloud. I have no, no problem with it. They're great organizations, all of them. It's just that Netscope has built a better mousetrap. They have. And in all of that, they reduce complexity and cost. So yeah, you can't beat having an organization that gets that secures your data, your intellectual property, your human capital, your business anywhere and everywhere. And I get an opportunity to spend time with CISOs and security executives, board members and CEOs to talk about what that would mean for them should they consider that path. And so I think any company that wants it deserves an opportunity to talk to Netscope. 
Yeah. So I guess it, it sounds, sounds like, like I really like them. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> and it, it does sound like you're really playing a, a lot, uh, a significant role in the digital transformation journeys of organizations, especially if you're helping them to transition into the cloud. Sure. Uh, what sure. do you see as a, what's the hardest sell for companies to go into the cloud? What are the main challenges you, do they, do you, do, do you come across? Great, great question, because there are there are three things that organizations are really trying to get to. The first one, I think, is that they're trying to to be um, as agile as they need to be so they can be anywhere and everywhere. Um, they're trying to really spend their time looking at risk. Right. Risk from a operational point of view and from a regulatory uh, point of view from that three hit sort of engagement if you get a breach, you get the customer <laughs> insecurity, you get the uh, regulatory compliance challenges that comes from the regulators, and then you get a lawsuit, and that's all money. And at the end of the day, it's all about the business being harmed, and um, uh, you know those are the things that uh, end up creating challenges uh, for organizations. So yeah, I think um, I think you know looking out, looking looking over that. Point of view, it's it's really critical to to look at the challenges the organizations face in this. So I hope I answered your question first of all, because I I so my brain started ticking at eleven o'clock is ticking still. So yeah, it started ticking there. So I hope I answered some of your question, if not all of it. Yeah, no, 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 you did. Uh, thank you very much. Yeah. Um, let's twist a little bit, uh, and we go to the aspect of having a strong network. I believe we've spoken about this multiple times, but uh, yeah, what's the importance of a strong network? Now, the question I would ask you, Dio, if you, are you talking about a, uh, uh, you're talking about a human network of folks or are you talking about a logical, physical uh, network? Not a computer that... network, at least. <laughs> <laughs> Because I had an I, I had an answer in my mind, but as you as you asked the question, I had an answer a thought in my mind because some of my business I used to be involved in is is uh, is commu communications data plants, which means uh, from the D mark in the middle of the street, from the manhole cover in the middle of the street in a metropolis like New York, into the building. Uh, excuse me, from the vault in the street to the D mark, and then you know we're talking about wiring a university. Uh, wiring a museum wiring a huge edifice uh, that's been that's that was where i started in the business so um so but th the other network that we were talking about is is the human capital side of this which i think um we take for granted i think we take the fact i think that we take human capital scarcity for granted i'll give you for instance, and why do I say that? Uh, let's take the United States, for example. It's 800 million people in the United States. Uh, what do you think, either of you, Josephine, uh, Dio, what do you think is the percentage of individuals in the United States that are involved in information security and or cybersecurity as a whole, two of them, two disciplines? What do you think is the percentage uh, of people? Out of the 800 million. That's correct. Wow. It'd definitely be under 10%. Under 10%, maybe. Went, like, yeah. yeah, five, six, maybe. I don't know. I don't think what's your, that's that. What's your take, Dio? 
I also agree that below 10% is something which, you know. It's 0.4%. It's 4,200,000 people in the United States that are in information and cybersecurity. Now, the question is, you know, yeah, is that strong? Is that, you know, are we take is that is that something that we take for granted human capital i'll give you i'll give you a, a a fact the fbi has said that for every thousand people in a common city there should for every thousand people there should be 2.4 police officers that's the perfect ratio for, sec for physical security in the united states if that ratio applies in the United States to security. That means we need 333 million cybersecurity practitioners. That's how far behind we are in the United States. So we do take it for granted. I know we're graduating 80,000 people a year in computer science degrees in the United States, but they're not ready day one to go to work. They're not ready for the rigors of challenges they'll face. And so that's why you know, for us, for me anyway, I've created an organization that does that kind of rigorous training that taking you through some really real pain. So, um, you know, I, I think that I think that we're from a security perspective, we may be taking uh, we may be taking human capital for granted. I also think that um, from an educational point of view, where we're we're not we're not strong enough. Our network of people is not strong enough. Take for instance education. It costs so much in America to go to school. Access, uh, equity, and availability. It's just it's it's the power is in the network of people that you create. Power uh, uh, is in a network of individuals that you you gather together to help. A power a network. The power of, 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 of networking is how you design that network, who they are and what their role is in your um, in your career. Are they mentors? And I may be straying away from your original question just a bit, but are they mentors or are they sponsors? Um, I, in the last Cybersity Conference, um, the CISO from Depository Trust, which is like our banking clearinghouse, his name is uh, Unessi Feliciano. He did a, a talk on sponsorship, and he talked about how critical it is to have a network of personal board of directors and sponsors, some of who you know, some of who you don't know. By virtue of someone being your sponsor, it's a stamp of approval in and of itself for them to say, hey, look at this person over here, whether you know it or not. So having a network of, of mentors and supporters and partners and collaborators who help glide your path into cybersecurity is, is critical because it helps you. It speaks for you when you aren't there to speak for yourself. So. Yeah, yeah, I, I, and I appreciate that there is mm -hmm. a skill shortage in cybersecurity. I think probably, I know you said it, it's, it, it that's the case in the U.S., but I, I think where where we are, especially Uganda, Africa, is probably even worse 
uh, worst case. But yeah, I think there is generally a, a shortage of skills in that area. And one one of the things we're working on is also how do we make sure that um, you know universities are churning out uh, skills skill uh, skills that the industry needs. But yes. yeah, that's just a, as an aside. Um, I'm glad you talked about yeah. If I can add one more thing, a, a colleague, my, my my partner and friend, uh, business partner and friend, Eric, her mentor, had been working with Barclay Bank in South mm -hmm. Africa. Uh, mm -hmm. What we experienced there was, I think, something on 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 the in the nature of like thirty eight percent unemployment. And so, we set about to help train and educate folks. We had like 50 folks that came through. I think the first thing we had to work on uh, was some remedial stuff, and that's always the case. And then, of course, we had to work on training um, at a basic level and then take those steps up. And of course, we were being funded by uh, Barclay and the South African government. Uh, and at the end of the day, you know, we affected the lives of literally over 45 folks who ended up getting employed. Some had to go back through training, but at the end of the day, they got themselves an opportunity. If we're not, if we're not spending our time looking at those challenges and needs and satisfying, I mean, this is Cybersity's mission. I mean, this is our mission. Our mission is to, uh, to advocate and consistently advocate and, and represent uh, women and minorities and veterans in cybersecurity, right? And so yeah. we do that through programs that are specifically designed, really specifically designed to educate, foster retention, foster equity and diversity. Um, and those are the programs that we do it for. And so if we're not doing that, you know, what are we doing? So sorry to interrupt your question, Josephine. I hope you remember it. <laughs> I I think is that me? Okay, no. Yeah, uh, no, 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 that's good. So I I really do uh, uh like the fact that you you know you're talking about um mentorship and your role in cyber cybersecurity. Uh, but just perhaps for our um the benefit of our readers, if we could understand what cybers is all about before we start digging into your role in 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 that in cybersecurity as a mentor and how that has helped. Uh, people within that. If you could just tell us a little bit about more, a little bit about diversity. So literally about seven and a half to eight, eight years ago, um, some uh, minority black brothers at RSA, which is probably one of the more uh, influential conferences in the country, in the, in the, in the globe, were at a series of events and they noticed that there were no, no, there was no one speaking from the dais or speaking, having any speaking roles that looked like them. And so um, one practitioner, one, one, one gentleman, his name is Devin, Devin Bryant, who um, now is this chief information security officer with Carnival, the global chief information security officer, or is it, he's a CIO. He's going to punish me for this. <laughs> um, yeah, you said it wrong, eh? right? Right, 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 right. right. You got to get it right. Yeah. And so um, he's with Carnival Cruise. And so 
he looked around and he and he, he spoke to some of his colleagues at the time. It was Larry Whiteside, who was CISO, Chief CISO at Visiting Nurses. And then Eric Pimenta was my partner. And of course, they got together with uh, Julian Waits, who is, you know, one of the world's greatest um, technologists and um, entrepreneur, serial entrepreneurs. And they got together and they looked at the whole process and said, well, you know, we got to do something about it. So there's no, there's no, this whole, we need to fix this. We need, every one of them said, I need to do something. And then they all got together and they did something, which was create an organization called the International Consortium of Minority Cybersecurity Professionals, right? Imagine having to say that all the time. This is the International Consortium of Minority Cybersecurity Professionals. Yeah. And so it's called ICMCP for short. Just recently, last year or the year before, uh, they transitioned to cybersity, which is a play on words. It's where cyber meets diversity. And cyber yeah. meets our university. So, but the, the whole approach of cybersity is to um, act as the go-to organization for all in, in all the all industries to be relational, relational with all industries and drive cybersecurity diversity into cybersecurity in all parts of uh, the cyber industry. And let me say that again. It's to be relational and to drive diversity into every part of the security industry. Now, that's a major undertaking, but it's so doable because all of these organizations that are like-minded as cybersity, they just need to have a why and a reason why. And they need to they're seeking and searching for a way to do it. And so cybersity is that means and mechanism to show them, well, this is how it can be done. And this, and of course, in all things, here's what you get for doing that. Whether it's something that just matters to your board or just matters to you as a person, as an you know, as a leader, it's there, there's there's a win-win in working with cybersity. So as an organization, we definitely um, put together programs, training programs, educational programs, mentorship programs, scholarship programs, um, uh, uh, event programs. Our our um, our speaker series, interview speaker, inter impact interview series uh, programs. There's a multitude of programs that Cybersity has engaged in in order to um, facilitate the development of women, underserved minorities, veterans in cybersecurity. It's a, it's a, it's a worthwhile task, a worthwhile goal. I hope I. Yeah. Hope. No, no, that that sounds fantastic. I know. I first. Oh, already it sold. Too. I I thought <laughs> you you were part of that. <laughs> yeah. I'm sold twice. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's great. So, so I think Dale, you want this one? <laughs> yes. Uh. How beneficial has uh, mentorship been in uh, for you, especially in terms of um, diversity and the, the mentorship program? How have you found it beneficial? Yeah, um, it's critical. Right, so Dio, you have a mentor? I have many, even this one on the courses. <laughs> 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 So I so I'll ask you how beneficial is having a mentor? How beneficial has has it been having a mentor for you? 
Well, uh, it has transitioned me from, first of all, it changes the way you think. Because when you're young, there are specific things you always look out for and they help bridge the gap. They help make you understand things better. And they're always looking through things based on experience. Mm -hmm. And if you look at it in the long run, it's more beneficial to listen to them and make changes accordingly. So it's the experience, it's even like such a program like this. Josephine has helped a lot with, you know, enabling it. And I told her about it, she was like, huh? Let's do it. We shall figure things along the way. I'm like, okay. Wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful. And I do think that's what a mentor is for. You know, some people use mentors just to find a job. But, you know, I think Dio, you're using a ment- you're utilizing a mentor in the way that it should because just as um just as explorers who are exploring an uncharted land, uncharted terrain, uncharted geography, just as they utilize guides that are familiar with that terrain to help them navigate, to get to their goal, that's what a mentor is for, is to help you familiar, help you chart uncharted um, waters that you have not been in. The good thing about a mentor is that whether you're entry level or you're in a transitioning a person, a mentor should be used as the guide, not just to, only to seek a job, but as you said, you know, to help you change your paradigm, change your perspective, see the landscape for what it really is. And know this, cybersecurity is not like easy. Like we've been led to believe it's like, hey, you can get in. Yeah, you can get in McDonald's too. But <laughs> you can get in McDonald's, you can get in cybersecurity at a level, but then if you don't have the expertise required, the skills, not the knowledge, skills, and abilities to move from step one to step five and 10 and beyond, that's what a mentor does is they help you chart those milestones and go from A to Z, triple Z. And keep in mind uh, that more often than not, not, security practitioners are hired for what they know and what they can do. So if if you're not working with a mentor to help chart you to that path of knowing and being able to do and putting you in touch with people that they know can help you get to that next step. That's what a mentor is for. And of course, that's part of your network that you just asked about. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But how? what does it do for you? I know um, I've done a lot of mentoring, but I also gain a lot from it. Um, oh, yeah. Well, what are you getting back from oh, it? It's immeasurable. Right. Yeah. Again, it's my purpose. But here, you know, I think I've had about, you know, I've had a lot, a lot of mentees and they were all brighter than me in technology. And I learned a lot through their exploits, their challenges. Um, 
coding challenges, uh, third-party vendor risk challenges, vulnerability exploitation challenges, just working with them and working through them and putting them in a room with others who know how to do that better than I and watching them work together. Um, you know, it's better to teach because that's how you learn. Yeah. I mean, that's how I learn. And so yeah. what do I get out of that? It's a fulfilling, it's a fulfillment of my purpose. Me personally, yeah. I get a lot out of uh, some of the, some of the mentors that I'm work that I have and are and have worked with. I mean, they do an astounding thing. So just, I can always go to. I don't even have to be technical. I can go to them <laughs> because they are <laughs> technical, and yeah. they'll give me all of the information that I need to solve any problem. So yeah. that's what I get out of it. And it's a it's 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 empowering, right? It's I get a lot of self gratification yeah. for fulfilling my purpose, which is helping people. Yeah. So so we you did say that uh, cybersecurity is hard, right? Um, uh, and you've met uh, I, I obviously you've mentored a lot of uh, people. Is there anything that stands out between those who succeed in the industry and those who don't? Yeah. It's a different, I think you guys would call it the differentiator, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so there's three things. I'll just focus on three things because there's a lot. But I'll focus on three things. I'll focus on your network. I'll focus on your expertise. And then I'll focus on your sponsors, right? Those who those who come to this with a very, with a very high sense of, of, of curiosity and desire, um, hungry, hungry, very hungry, um, and purpose, and of course, a goal, right? Those folks uh, will develop a network. And as we said earlier, the network is really one of the most critical things that you can put together is designing a group of individuals who are focused on your success, right? Focus on, focused on helping you become that, uh, that practitioner. So your network is one of the Differentiators is have those who have a network and those don't, who don't. So that's that's uh, that, that's number one. Two, um, the development of sponsorship and sponsors because above and beyond the whole network thing, as we said earlier, these are folks who go into the boardroom uh, and and when um, conversation about who gets this next position happens, you're not there. They're there speaking for you. But the only reason they're spoken for, speaking for you is number three, because you have the expertise, proactivity, being proactive to understand your craft. Now, there are likely, there are not likely, there are nine cybersecurity profile, um, nine cybersecurity domains. Each one of those domains has no less than eight or nine different specifics. So when you get into cybersecurity, you first got to know where you want to go. What is it that you wish to do? Pick something. There's quite a few things to pick. Pick something. Become an officiato. Become an expert in that, and then watch how you grow across all of domain, all of the uh, all of the domains. So have an expertise. These are the things that are differentiators between those who know, who those who don't know, and those who have a mentor and those who don't have a mentor or a mentor um, sort of village, if you will. Uh, you're hired because you have these KSAs or these skills and uh, these knowledge, skills, and abilities. And, um, uh, you know, the, 
those represent a clear differentiator. I, I also think that if you don't, if you aren't thinking and acting like a CISO, right? You 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 know, or uh, a CISO in training, you will mm -hmm. probably face some challenges. It's not going to be easy. Right? Yeah. You know, CISO role is incredibly challenging. Yeah. Right? And it's a real definer of capability capabilities and lack thereof. And so, you know, have, mm -hmm. there's a difference between those who have, who are intentional and those who are not. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Some people are coming to, to, to some, some people are coming to this uh, practice and this discipline because they hear about the money. Oh yeah, there's plenty of money to be made, but you won't make it necessarily unless you have that expertise. That and the money becomes a um, what is it? Uh, remediation mm -hmm. for what you're capable of doing. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Do you agree or disagree? I agree. agree. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> it's it's that whole thing of, of uh, your purpose really. Mm -hmm. It's it, you can't just say I want to get into this because it's 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 uh, it pays good. You've got to really want to be in it, right? Sure. So that you can improve and, and you can get better and be worthy of, of, of the money. There's a lot to do with helping others that comes from cybersecurity. Um, not only do you help your your family, you change their life, their trajectory. But you also are helping your community. You're helping your 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 global community, your national community. You're helping your global community, being a part of a community of of security practitioners that have an ethical perspective on how data should be protected, how we should communicate with each other, and how that is how that is done in a safe and ethical manner, right? Yeah. And trust me, the the quote-unquote adversary, the bad actors, they're really good. I don't yeah. know how they're so yeah. good. They are so... And, you know, the difference between a ethical and non-ethical is that line is so very thin. Yeah, It's very thin and frayed. And so we're happy to have the ones on this side of the dime than on the other side of the dime. The side, that yeah. also is a differentiator. That is also a differentiator. So, yeah, great. So, um, now, when it comes to your conversations with the CISOs, uh, what has stood out for you in terms of behavior, which would, you know, someone should emulate in order for them to reach such a position? There's a couple of words. The one that, that that seems to be sitting in front of my brain is tenacity, right? Um, there's a Finnish word for tenacity. It's called sisu, S-I-S-U. It, it speaks to ferocity, um, purpose-driven, uh, determination, grit, uh, hardiness, resilience, bravery, and in the fluctuate in the, in the fluctuating and ever evolving nature of cybersecurity, sisu and tenacity 
is a critical requirement. You need to have a lot of that because, you know, the old saying, you can seal up a thousand holes, but only a, 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 a malicious actor only needs one. And that one can be, can topple an organization's business efforts. And if you don't have a plan and a plan, a security plan to stop it before it goes lateral and spreads throughout the organization, just don't know. So CISOs, um, their characteristics, they have, they have expertise, they're great communicators. They're great interpreters because you're able to speak the language of technology to your colleagues and subordinates. But at the same time, you have to have that ability to interpret, to take those uh, terms and the, that, that information that you've gathered about the, the design and development of a cybersecurity plan and transfer that to the board in language that they can understand because most of those guys are like me. They're just business people. They're we're not like a, a bit and a bite. That sounds like a sandwich, but <laughs> no. <laughs> so, so yeah. you know, they, they, they have, uh, these CISOs have great leadership skills. Um, they're organized. You know, I'm working with a CISO on Cyversity's Austin chapter. Heather is in incredibly organized. She's astounding when it comes to organization. So um, they're proactive, they're strategic. The, the chair, the incoming chair for Cyversity says her superpowers is she's strategic, she builds great teams, she builds great teams that execute. Now, if you want to follow somebody, there, there's somebody right there the chair of mm -hmm. our board of directors, Sharon Burgess, who is the CISO for BCD Travel, which happens to be the largest global, global travel agency, travel conglomerate in the world. And she's there, she's our board, she's our chair, and she's BDC's, so, you know, these are the skills and characteristics of a CISO. And so, as I said earlier, it would behoove a person to be like that, to be organized, to be strategic, to be forward thinking, to be a, a leader of, of people, of men and women. Does it be, also require being stubborn? I spoke to Josephine last time. She said that one of the reasons why she made it was her stubbornness not to <laughs> I think that's true too. <laughs> I think that's true. Because mm -hmm. look at the look at the first of all, yes. And the short answer to that is that coming into cybersecurity, you hear, you know, sometimes you hear people tell you you shouldn't go into that. You need to have you need to be stubborn. And by the way, Sisu means stubborn too. You need mm -hmm. to be able to 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 have a North Star. And focus on that. That's your why. Go for your why. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it definitely sounds, I mean, a CISO is it's really uh, one tough, you know, one tough person, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, and I think there's a lot of aspiration as well to people who, you know, you, when you think of a CISO, you tend to think of this, you know, all technical person, leadership and all that. But 
for those who are aspiring and uh, you know wanting to enter the the industry, uh, you know, you want to get into cybersecurity, you're interested, uh, but you're intimidated by what it will take. Uh, what would you? How would you advise them to get in? Because ultimately, we do want to attract people into the industry. We want it to be diverse. We want women, young women, to be able to enter the industry. Uh, what kind of uh, but yeah you know here's what i would say um first find it be clear about what it is that you like and want to do be clear like you need to be clear about i i i found the thing that i like is being being with and i'm an extrovert right i'm a i'm a preacher's kid <laughs> i'm an extrovert yeah. so i like being around people and conversing and talking and exchanging. So that's what I like. And so um, uh, that that's why I took that to cybersecurity with me because you know what? When I came into cybersecurity, the, the thing that was most important about security was this. You were on your <laughs> screen and you stayed on your yeah. screen. If somebody came to you with a sandwich, I can't eat right now. I'm, and you know, I'm, I know I'm I know I'm dying from hunger, but I just can't get away from this right now. So yeah, and I, I'm I'm over exaggerating, of course, but um, here's what I would say to folks getting into it: not everything is technical. Do you know that you, I'm sure everyone is aware that technology reaches every part of every industry, and not and you don't have to be technical to be in cybersecurity or in technology. There are there are management roles. There are public facing or people facing roles. There are administrative roles. There are um, there are organizational roles, there are financial roles, there are audit roles. There are the roles in, in, in technology and cybersecurity are far too many to mention, which is why mm -hmm. at least in this country, we're about close to a million short of practitioners Globally, we're three and a half to almost four million. I, you know, I know there are a lot of folks that discounted how many practitioners we're short globally, but it sure is coming to pass that we are. Yeah, those people. Well, definitely, yeah. Oh yeah. So, listen. I mean, you know, um, so don't be first. First, first of all, realize and recognize that. It's not all technical. It'll evolve into something technical, but take who you are with you, right? Who is it? Chief, the chief operating officer from Bank of New York, Liz Augusto. Take you to the, to take yourself, take who you are, your true self, your original self, your whole self with you to these opportunities. Don't, don't sit on the fence. Don't, don't be, don't be scared. Know where you're going and then go in that direction. Amass the network that you need to get you in there. Get you in, get in front of folks like Josephine, get in front of folks like uh, ISACA, get in front of all of these other organizations and put yourself in a position to get to know people that can help you get there. Yeah. Join Cyversity. Yeah, fantastic. That's a good one. Nice plug for Cyversity, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah you know that. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of that, <laughs> let's chime into uh, how someone is it challenging for someone to 
to join Cybersity. So, so here's here's my question to you, Dio. How did you join Cybersity? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> well, uh, it was I got. Do you want the backstory of how I got to know about it? Then how I joined. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So uh, it was basically a podcast. I think it was um, one for the Microsoft, uh, something to do with uh, Cyber Tea uh, with Ann Johnson. Yes, so that's, that, that's, that's how I got to know about it. And yes, followed the link. Try to find out whether what cyber city is all about and all that. So, yeah, then I paid a hundred dollars for the annual membership. Um, but there's also the students one, which is uh, I believe it's is it twenty five. Yes. So yes, that's how I, I was about to join. So I paid for it. Then yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't sound like it was a hard. That's hard to get in. Josephine, it's not hard. Josephine, it's not hard for you to get in. No. no. Uh, okay, great. That's good to hear. <laughs> I'll do that. I definitely. I was trying. I was. I was expecting to hear something about qualification, this and that and that. But it sounds all like of that various. will come later. All of that comes later as we begin to help you assess your particular skills, because what Cyversity is doing is they're developing a whole process and continuing their educational approach is changing. Uh, because we know that folks come into this discipline and this practice at several different levels and several different means. An individual yeah. that's been in cybersity for quite, that's been in technology for a while, as you mentioned, Josephine, that may be trying to matriculate from a junior level, from a um, quasi decision-making and um, decision-making and repetitive work uh, mm -hmm. level to that next level, which is a CISO, and to that from that CISO level to being an executive, you know, and, and then on and to be an entrepreneur, to be an owner, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Diversity has the means and the mechanisms to help those folks see those, see those, see the end of the tunnel and and progress toward that. Um, and, 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 and in addition to that, diversity uh, is like most corporate organizations or like any well-run organization is has figured out, hey, look, um, Creating financial stability for the organization is how we begin to serve members like Dio and hopefully you in the future. So the the whole idea of creating programs to foster development, foster training, to foster scholarships, to foster programs, to foster advocacy, to foster and, and develop um, consistent representation, those are the things that Cyversity is good at and 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 growing at, and yeah. um, and uh, you know being a part of being a force to 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 recognize in industry is how Cyversity is the yeah you know, and so students twenty dollars uh, professionals a hundred dollars a year mm -hmm. uh, you probably spend a yeah. hundred dollars on dinner. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, sure, probably does an FBR or two, yeah. Um Absolutely. yes. Uh so we, we it's it's very interesting the the board we the board conversation on cybersecurity. 
I think cybersecurity has really become a topical issue, uh, and it's important, obviously, for organizations to to be able to to have a strategy around how they deal with it. And as you know, strategy is is very much a, is a starts with the board having a board conversation. How do you um, advise CISOs, especially CISOs, especially to to be able to communicate one the importance of cybersecurity at the board level, and two getting support uh, to communicate so that the board understands the priority of cybersecurity, but also that the that the board understands the risks that organizations face, because um, we know that it's the board is not technical, uh, mm -hmm. but and and CISOs tend to be quite technical. How do they get that support yeah. from the board? What would you? Yeah, I think you I think you use the prime word, and that's communicate. I think earlier I mentioned also that in that communication is the ability to interpret, right? To to be able to take uh, technical jargon and turn it into everyday language, but more than just everyday language, the language of business, yeah. right? The language of business and the speed of business, the language of business is 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 critical and different for entrepreneurs and owners, and CEOs and C CIOs and CFOs, their language, their language tends to go from conception, project development, conception, idealistic conception, to project, to delivery. And once it's delivered to Uh, where's my money? <laughs> yeah. yes. yep. So talking to someone that thinks about business in those terms, technology, I think, has to be the conversation about technology has to be an enabler to those terms. Not just, you know, I need six million to build this network. So how is, oh, that's great. You need six million. That's nice. I like that. What's that going to do for me? How is that going to help me make more widgets to sell to more customers? How is that widget going to help me innovate my particular widget so that it is more innovative than the next person and there's a clear differentiator between my widget and their widget so that they'll buy my, our widgets? And and then and then how does this technological concept that you have help us make money is our is is our approach to security so unique that it's a clear differentiator and that going with the competitor is a risk versus working with us working with our tool so being able to show and interpret the language of our security challenges to a board of directors i think it's i think it's immensely critical if you don't have that skill then the board is misinformed yeah. and the decisions that they make are not based on the reality of the situation or the challenge or the complexity of the challenge. 
they need the, the, they need the right information and they need to understand that information so they can make decisions to help them navigate the organization toward calmer, more productive and profitable waters. Yeah. So essentially, that, you, need, you need to be able to speak the business language. See, she said that, and I said it like, took me 20 minutes to say it. She said it in four words. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you, David. That's a, I like that, uh, that you yeah. answer them. I, I you because I like the long answers, but sometimes <laughs> I feel shortening it is a little bit as well. But yeah, thank you, David. You know, yeah. you know, for you, you, you make a good point, and that point is that um, CEOs they don't have a lot of time unless they make time, yeah. and so I need to have that information um, so I can compartmentalize it, sift it make a decision that makes sense, move on to the next challenge or move on to the next opportunity. It could yeah. be a challenge, but every challenge is an opportunity. So. Yeah. Okay. So if you're speaking a bit about it at a board level, do you find that having an extra skill from before you actually becoming a member of the board beneficial, especially now like for you who has the, uh, business uh, part of it already covered because you have done business. Do you find that it has been beneficial for you, especially when it comes to communicating to the board? Yeah, um, familiar, familiarity, mm -hmm. expertise, mm -hmm. um, commonality. Um, past performance. I'm trying to be brief here, Josephine. <laughs> <laughs> David, it's okay. You can... okay. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that you know, some, look, who you are, who you are is what you bring to the to the organization as a as a board member. Remember, the board the board is focused on the viability of the organization. And their tasks with the care and duty and loyalty to the organization. It's no small, it's no small feat. It's no small thing. And so they're going to they're going to need to have all of the right information to make the right decisions. And those decisions are based on past experiences with the other organizations that they own and operate and invest in. So you've got to, you want to have some background that is relevant to the organization that you're working in. So relevancy, familiarity, expertise, the, the ability to sift sand, and you know, separate the chaff from the wheat. So, yeah. yeah, I did yeah. better, right? You did, <laughs> you did well. <laughs> well, uh, David, this has been. Uh, I know we are fast running out of time, and I appreciate you're very busy. So uh, I'll just I guess we, you know, we need to wind up. Um, I don't know if you have anything that you wanted. Of uh, an audience of uh, you know different people 
uh, technical, non-technical, uh, but who are interested in cybersecurity. Uh, is there anything that you have you want to say as we as we wind up? Yeah, one of the things would be, um, what are you going to say to yourself? What are you going to say to yourself three to five years from now when you don't do it? I mean, that's always a question you ask. I ask customers or potential customers, well, what happens if we don't implement something? I mean, I you know, we, we're talking, you're telling me about the price that you're paying for current solution, how much money you may be losing from an, from an analytical perspective. What happens if you don't do something? And that's a question to individuals who are on the fence, you know, there's a, again, I'm a preacher's kid. So there's a biblical term that said that, that I hope you don't mind me saying this, right? Cause you know, I'm a believer. I hope that doesn't offend anyone. Uh, mm -hmm. There's a, there's a scripture where it says, um, I would rather you be hot or cold. One or the other. Uh, because you are neither. I'm going to let you go. <laughs> I got to let you go. Mm -hmm. And so letting you go or spewing you out puts you in a place where you are nowhere. And then three to five years from now, what do you say to yourself when the opportunity presented itself in a podcast with, with you folks, with you, mm -hmm. Dio, with you, Josephine? What are you going to say to yourself? Especially when there's so much room. I mean... Cybersecurity can't be more than 25, almost 30 years. That's infancy for this, for this discipline and this practice, because from where it started to where it is today, it has changed so dramatically. Yeah. And it will continue to change unless we get ourselves to a point where we've captured it. But you know, and I know in security, there's no such thing as 100%. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah. No such thing. Yeah, and that's what the general public thinks we're secure, huh? <laughs> Everything yeah. is compromised. My cell phones are compromised. I know that. I just know mm -hmm. how to deal with that. So, yeah. my question, what I would say is, just what are you going to say in three to five years when you have an opportunity to work with your organization, when you have opportunity to learn this, uh, learn cybersecurity? or become part of the human firewall that is relevant to keep to 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 cyber hygiene to cyber awareness cyber resiliency all of these things that you should be doing as an individual to protect yourself that become part of the global wider uh, human firewall so what are you going to say to yourself and um, what I would say to you is that there's no need to fear this because it's going to be part of our lives, our next generation's lives. We have no choice. Um, we need to get involved. We need to get everyone at every economic strata involved. And I personally, I don't, you know, this, this is one of those things where I don't say we this, we that. I am going to do my part to make sure that it happens. I am going to get my, I'm sticking my head and my nose into that. I'm sticking my beak into that to do something about that. And so I just think don't, don't, don't sit on the fence. 
get off the fence, bring your whole true self to this opportunity, these opportunities, find something you like and go like a crazed dog after it. Wow. Yeah. Thank you so much, David. Uh, you, I've spoken like a pastor's son. Yes. <laughs> Thank you so much. This has been a fantastic. The business of uh, people. <laughs> <laughs> this has been a fantastic conversation. Uh, I, we are really grateful for your time. Uh, we feel really privileged and honored. This is a very new uh, podcast. So to get someone as high profile as you has been incredibly, incredibly uh fantastic for us so thank you very much um and it's been a pleasure meeting you i'm going to follow you uh on linkedin and i'm going to join up on cyversity and hopefully hopefully we'll be having having more conversations uh thank you adele over to you i guess with that there is nothing much more for me to say apart from uh, see you all in the next one